The Milwaukee Bucks may need to head to Chalmers Jewelers sooner or later to get themselves some new championship rings. He does custom work. I was at the dentist there getting my teeth cleaned, Matt Hamilton. And you I think was, about getting a grill? Uh, no. Oh. But she told me, though, I said, hey, we're going to do a show out at Chalmers Jewelers on Thursday because she knows I do the radio. You know, people like me. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you know what? I've heard you talk about it, and I actually, my son went there and worked with the crew over there and got an engagement ring, and it was like a year-long process, but he did it, and they love it, and it was fantastic. So Chalmers Jewelers in Middleton is where we're going to be on Thursday. Our next guest here, Mark Tauscher, knows all about rings and Chalmers Jewelers and also uh, big stars in the state of Wisconsin, Tauscher, Dame. Bucks. I honestly never thought I'd see the day where a, a star of Dame's caliber comes to Milwaukee to play NBA basketball. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it tells you a lot about Giannis, first off, mm-hmm. and also about the fact that this organization is going to do everything in its last power to make Giannis happy. So do I think Dame would have come to Milwaukee unbeknownst without Giannis? No, I don't. But when you're a market, you have to understand what your strengths are and what you need to do to build your team, and you have to trade. Drew Holiday, obviously, you traded to bring him in. You win a championship. And then, you know, I heard you guys a little bit earlier you know, discussing the defensive side of it, and, you know, Drew Holiday's been great. He was awesome for the time that he was here. But you noticed when we got knocked off, uh, Jimmy Butler was unstoppable. That was with Drew Holiday on the team. And I just will have the vision of Giannis playing hot potato with the basketball at the end of that, I think it was game five, mm-hmm. and understanding you needed to do something different. And Dame Lillard, who he is, a, he is an alpha dude who's going to take the shot at the end. He's going he's gonna, to uh, you know, be a playmaker. I couldn't be more excited from a Bucks fan standpoint when you bring in somebody in the prime of their career who is going to be as hungry as ever to play alongside a Giannis that, A, gives you that great chance to win a championship each year they're here, and I think it also extends that uh, championship window that you have uh, with Giannis and all of the conversation that went into it. Uh, everybody's got to be excited. I know I am. And, Tosh, you're here in football all the time with complementary styles of play as far as complementary football. Dame and Giannis complement each other. Giannis is a, a multiple winner, multiple all-defensive team, defensive player of the year. He's always up for that award. He can pick up some of the slack, but he's not built to be the guy that has the ball in his hand at the end of the game. He's still more of a, a power player than a skill player who's going to score baskets like Jimmy Buckets did. The Bucks now have a compliment for him with Dame. And, and I mean, obviously, you know basketball. You, you played it at, at a, you know, not quite the NBA level, but you played it. But complimentary basketball, I mean, you look at the teams that win, that's how you get it done. Even look at Denver. They all complement each other. Now the Bucks, I think, play better complimentary basketball and a little bit of redundant parts with Drew, Chris, and Giannis. And now it's fixed a little bit. Yeah, I just think when you can have somebody, Giannis obviously is a playmaker with the ball in his hand and but there got to be points in games, and I know he was awesome in the Phoenix series shooting free throws at the end in that last game, but that's obviously still a concern. And, uh, you know, Shaq compared himself to Giannis back in the day. And Giannis obviously is much more athletic and able to do more things, but that I think you think about it from that perspective where Kobe had to kind of cover at the end of games and be a clutch shot maker, Dame, dollar, Dame time, and everything else. Uh, that's where he thrives. And to have somebody that can be a closer at the end of games and also 
you know, if you have to double team him, that gives spacing for other people. I think it's a perfect fit. And as long as these guys stay healthy, I think the they should be the odds-on favorite to win the championship. Yeah, Tosh, I totally agree. I think this uh, this Bucks team is absolutely set up as the favorites. Road to the championship goes through Milwaukee. Um, I'm curious, like, so with this addition of Dame, obviously we're going to have some issues in the in the uh, payment department. Do you think is there any? Are the Bucks going to have any problems with? Like, I know there's no salary cap, but is there an issue with how much that? Dame and Giannis are going to command as far as being paid uh, and being a small market team? No. No, we care. Well, I mean, these no, owners I mean, are just going to shell it out and just keep Giannis happy? Like, what's... You make, yes, when you get this opportunity and you have a team that's knocking at the door, won a championship and in the mix for a bunch of others, and you have a talent of Giannis's deal, the value he brings to your city and to your organization, yeah, it's easy for us to say, hey, you pay the luxury tax, you do this. You want the buildings full and you're developing this area and you want to be a relevant franchise in the NBA, you got to pay. You got to have your stars. And when you can bring Dollar Dame and you're paying Chris Middleton, you're going to be in the luxury tax. And that is, you should be, it is a privilege to have, to be able to pay that. And you bring in Jimmy Haslam, he's got all kinds of money. That's a part of this whole thing. So you have to be smart, and you obviously have certain restrictions that you can do, but when you have this window and you want to bring championships to Milwaukee, which this ownership group has shown that they do, you do what it takes. And if that means you got to pay a ton of money, Golden State's doing it, you're going to see the Lakers doing it, and the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks can say they're in that sentence and in that category, it shouldn't even be a cause for concern. And all fans have always talked about is, we want an ownership group that is going to give us the best chance to win. And if that means you have to rebuild and you have to go through that process, fans will stick with you. But when you're in this position, I think if you would have tried to do something else and not went big, the fans would say, well, what are we doing here? The franchise value is doubled, tripled, quadrupled, whatever it's been. I, I love it, and I am not remotely worried about any of that. Pay the men's his money, and let's go try to win championships. I'm super excited, too. It's just seems a little out there for a, a Wisconsin franchise to put championships in, the, in the, the first and foremost thing that they're going for. So I'm just a little hesitant when you see something like this, and it's it purely seems like hesitant? it's for Milwaukee. What are you hesitant about? It's not, Matt, it's not coming out of your pocket. No, I'm hesitant to like to believe to like. I just feel like my heart's been torn torn away before by like the Brewers. So I've just it's weird when an organization's like we are all in for this team for the championship. We're gonna be the best version of the Milwaukee Bucks we can be, no strings attached. And it, it's it's a little surprising. That's all. I'm pumped though. I would say I would say enjoy it and. Don't overthink it. I mean, this right. is a case where we should all be so stoked that we have an ownership group, and it is a group that is willing to go out and do this. I mean, we as Bucks fans should be thanking our stars that we're not trying to keep out and say, well, we can't pay this luxury tax, we can't do this. And as long as the team is in the mix and is in, is in that fight, and as long as you have Giannis on your squad, this is what you do, and you should be happy and really look at it from a – man, we are fortunate to be able to spend this money on value that is paying off 
back to your community. It's I, I just I, I couldn't be more excited about what just happened today. Nice. Same. You're making me feel a lot better about it. I was I was a little nervous and skeptical at first, but you've Jim, totally cleared me up. That, does he think that that uh, I don't know what that money is coming out of his pocket? I don't I don't know. What do you? What is, I don't understand. I, it already happened. No, I know, but like it's just so different from what I'm used to as a Wisconsin sports fan. Okay. This is just, it's just throwing me off a little. Okay. That's okay. what I mean. Not skeptical you say that about the Bucks, but listen, the Packers. For as much as you want to give the Packers grief. Talking they about the Brewers the first and foremost. Oh yeah, the Brewers. Good enough to put a team on the field, but not good enough to win a championship. Well, they're five out of six in the playoffs and have had, you know, had an NLCS game at home a couple yeah. of years ago. So I, you have to work within what your budget budgetary restrictions are. You have to understand all that. The Bucks are saying, "You let's let's go do this." And yeah, it is maybe a little bit different from you know how the Brewers approach it. But the Packers have approached it that way. They spend as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And I think as Wisconsin sports fans, we you can complain, you can say this, and you can do this, but we are, I mean, today is a great day. And I think with the Brewers winning, the, the Packers look like they're getting a lot of things right with their transition. It's a heck of a time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Yeah. yeah. On that note, talking with Packer Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher here on Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You can hear him uh, with Wildy, also his show, uh, with the great beer Coors Light involved as well. Hey, the Packers play tomorrow. It's a big <laughs> game. They play yeah, the Lions. I heard that. I heard that. This is, uh, I, I mean, fair to say the biggest test for Jordan Love so far. I don't think that's going to be every single week is the biggest test, but I think. Obviously, Chicago was no test. Atlanta was one test that didn't come through at the end of the game. New Orleans was a test. He did come through at the end of the game. But from a, a complete team standpoint, the Lions are the best team, I think, by far the Packers have played. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, the Detroit Lions, which this sounds crazy to say, they were the, I think, prohibitive favorites coming in to win this division. And uh, they're the most certain because of what they did last year and who they brought back and who they have playing quarterback. And I think this can be a statement game uh, as far as Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers go. Is saying, you know what, I know everybody thinks it was time. Aaron Rodgers left, and everybody thinks it's Detroit's time. But, hey, we're here, and we ain't going anywhere. And tomorrow night could be a huge step in that direction as far as letting everybody else know because they all believe it anyways. But it's nice to let other people know, hey, we're here and we're ready to, we're ready to make some noise. With uh, Bakhtiari uh, out and obviously Jenkins is out as well. The sounds like you know Jones and Watson are going to play, barring anything crazy. But with the Bakhtiari thing, and I know this is impossible to answer, but I mean, how many games do you think he's going to play? Is this a, a new setback, or is just just some sort of minor thing that he just doesn't? He maybe if they didn't play, if they played on Sunday, he would have played. I mean, what's your insight into where he's at right now? Yeah, I don't think it's something minor, and I you know I think we we looked at it and. I don't have any problem with all the speculation that happened after that first week because there was a vacuum of information. And with that and with his brother's tweet and everything else, uh, that's how it's going to go. I thought the communication on that whole thing was god-awful, that LaFleur didn't have a clue, and that I I didn't like any of that. But I think it's fair to say David wants to play football. And I would guess that he played – he had not played a ton of snaps, you know, outside of – playing in that bear game i think he had a setback and i don't know that for certain but just looking at it obviously he's had some discomfort or something happened that is not allowing him to go out and play because he realizes hey i got 17 games this year i don't know what my future holds i've been battling this knee for two years 
he's gonna if he can, he's gonna go out and play. And the fact that he hasn't, and the fact that now you're looking at three weeks, he has not practiced since August. Uh, that tells me there's probably something going on, and whether or not that something is gonna need to, you're gonna have to clean something up, or if there's something that they can do to alleviate some pain and get him back out on the field, great. And I think it's probably something more along those lines than any of the other things that have been discussed. Um, kind of pivoting back to the Packer-Lions game, I'm wondering with with some of our weapons back on offense, maybe hopefully Watson, hopefully Aaron Jones, what, what do you think is going to be the key to uh, the Packers kind of unlocking this offense against these uh, Lions defense is – do they seem to be like they're weak against the run? Can they take advantage of them in the pass game? Or is this just a pretty solid defense that you're just going to have to kind of win in the trenches and hope things go your way? Yeah, I mean, I, we had Bulaga on our show this morning, and he's been very blunt in saying that the interior three guys, it's been a struggle run blocking. And that's something you know, we, we were hoping for A.J. Dillon to kind of emerge when Aaron Jones was out. I think Aaron Jones is the key to the whole thing. Yeah, and we saw that if you look at that Bears game, Aaron Jones being in there, it was a you're a whole different ball team. Uh, you're scoring touchdowns, you're explosive. You know, Aaron Jones got some some things moving on the ground, and since then uh, you're not seeing that. It's there's been two, three yards in a cloud of dust, nothing explosive, not a ton of things in the pass game with your tailback. So I think Aaron Jones is critical to as far as what we're Jesus. I just almost got hit by a parrot. If you can believe it, I almost <laughs> got drilled by a parrot that flew off of the back of a pickup truck. What? What? Yeah. I, I, do you have a parrot voice? Because that parrot just about drilled my Chevy Tahoe's windshield. So okay. I'm rattled. I, I have to admit, guys, I'm rattled. I need, I need a, I need a beat. I need a beat. That is the, one of the most wild things yeah. I have ever heard. Uh, <laughs> as we allow Mark Telcher to, to gather himself for a minute, there is uh, he's dodging parrots. Uh, out on the road, are you are you in the Madison? Are you in the Safari? Are you in the Madison area? I'm heading over to Ruth Chris, which I know is yep. a great partner of ours. Yep. Uh, heading over for that great Swizzle and Swirl happy hour, mm-hmm. and I'm driving down the road, and literally a pickup truck pulled in front of me, and a parrot flew out <laughs> and just about drilled my windshield. I obviously don't want to hit a parrot, so that just completely freaked me out. Um, last Fair. thing before we let you go here, um, the Badgers don't play this weekend. The bye week. You'd have a great parrot voice, man. You give me a parrot <laughs> yeah, voice. Give us a parrot voice. You have to have a good yeah. parrot voice. Giannis, that's Gempo. <laughs> Come on, give us parrot voice. I, uh, what do I say as a parrot? What you Anything. Want? You repeat what what anyone say says. Whatever you want. Come on. <laughs> I'm rattled. I'm rattled. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. I like that. I like that. Uh, we don't need a parrot void for your uh, prediction, uh, Mark Tauscher, but uh, what do you think in the, the Packers do against the Lions? Yeah, it, I, I mean, I'm really fascinated to see how um, how tomorrow plays out. I think Detroit, I don't know who's even favored. I haven't paid as much attention. I would think Detroit's favored, but I believe that if Aaron Jones can do what he did against the Chicago Bears and play as meaningful amount of meaningful snaps, as he's needed, I like Green Bay tomorrow night. I, I just I like the way this team is built. I think they're uh, they're going to be highly motivated. You're playing at home on a short week, and until the Lions prove it, I'm I'm still a doubter. Everybody is raving about how great they were last year. They didn't make the playoffs either, so let's keep that in mind. Uh, Lions are a slight favorite, so um, yeah, you basically pick them. I think it's a one point is what primetime said. 
It's a one and a half one point, and a half point prime time. Wollersheim. Talisher, thank you so much for hopping on and dodging parrots on your way out to uh, Ruth's Chris. Oh, gosh. I hope that parrot's okay. It did, just for the record, it did not hit me. But All I'm right. still a little bit freaked out. Well, crush a Coors Light, calm the nerves. Have a course. Have a course. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. This is Rollage and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. It's Dame Time in Milwaukee. This is an incredible moment in Bucks history. React with us on 100.5 ESPN. Breaking news is brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison.